Welcome once again to another edition of Faith to Live By. I'm your host, Pam Christian. My goal for this podcast is to help us better apply our Christian faith so we are able to live in the spiritual authority Christ died to give us. We all need to gain spiritual victory over life's difficult issues, and judging by events in our country today, we must become intentionally engaged in God's plan or become the subject of destruction of the work of the enemy. We are about to enter a new year on the Hebrew calendar, which is the second year in a new decade for which we must have understanding. We all want to understand the times we're living in and to know the Father's timeline to fully redeem the earth and all that's in it. The reason the enemy is pulling out every stop and is on his global rampage is because he is aware of God's plans, but he is uncertain of exactly how it will play out. So his strategy is to wreak havoc everywhere possible to cause confusion among God's people if he can. Remember, God has forewarned us through his written word so we will not be caught off guard. As overwhelmingly dreadful as the days of this year have seemed, the truth is altogether different than how things appear. I read an amazing prophetic word from Russ Walden encouraging us to experience the goodness of God in the land of the living, which I see as a prophetic guideline for us as we enter into this new year. I will share it at the end of this podcast, so stay with me so you won't miss this prophetic and highly encouraging word for your life in these upcoming months. This is part three on the topic of the fear of God. As brought out before, Proverbs 9.10 reveals the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. However, the rest of the verse states, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Webster's Dictionary defines knowledge as the fact or condition of being aware of something, whereas the definition of wisdom is the soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. Discernment is a word akin to wisdom in that discernment is the ability to judge well. With this, we realize a person can have knowledge without wisdom or discernment, but wisdom relies on both knowledge and discernment. We will never encounter a person who is wise who is not also knowledgeable and discerning. Proverbs 9.10 makes it clear genuine wisdom comes from a proper reverential fear and awe of God for who he is and knowledge of him allows us insight, or we could say discernment. And as we look at the claims and actions of people in our world today, it becomes glaringly clear we have many people who have knowledge and very few operating with wisdom and discernment. We must also make the distinction that many people possess knowledge and they act on that knowledge even though the knowledge they have is not based on truth. Knowledge and wisdom are qualities of people who personally know God, who hear from God in a variety of ways, and are able to discern situations, events, and the times. I firmly believe God wants all of his children to possess this kind of knowledge and wisdom so that when we speak, we speak with his power and authority. God would never want us to simply accumulate knowledge and wisdom to keep it entirely for ourselves. No, he wants us to grow in knowledge and wisdom so we can be his ambassadors on earth, helping others discover God in a personal way and for us to operate in unity for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. As God's people, we are no longer of the world, but are citizens of his kingdom, and we are charged with the responsibility of bringing his kingdom will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Perhaps you're aware, September 17, 2020, marks the first day of Rosh Hashanah, or the new year of 5781, on the Jewish calendar. The decade that began with 5780 is recognized as the decade of the mouth. The number 80 represents the mouth, or pay, P-E-Y. The prior decade of 5770 was the decade of the eye, or ayin, A-Y-I-N. I share this so we can have knowledge, wisdom, and insight to know how to move forward in this present decade. Do you remember how Jesus said more than once that he never spoke or acted unless he heard or saw what the Father was doing? This should be our method of operating. We should seek to know the Father's will before we speak or act. God's general will has been revealed so we can know how to speak or act based on knowledge. We don't need a rhema word from God for much of our day-to-day operations. But there are times when we don't know the Father's specific will, where we do need to see and hear what the Father wants, given the particular situation. The decade of 5770 was the time God wanted us to see what was going on all around us, both good and evil, so we would be prepared for this present decade of 5780. In this current decade, God wants us to use our mouth and speak to our present-day realities to cause His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. I know there are many people today, including many Christians, who are immobilized with fear, who are focused on dread and filled with anxiety because of the gross evil that has become evident in our midst. What we must understand is that the evil we are seeing is just the surface of the evil that's been increasing over many decades hidden in plain sight. While it may be a shock to many of us to learn of the extent of wickedness, it is no surprise to God. Our task is to align ourselves with God, making sure we prepare ourselves for the days at hand to be fit and ready to do our Lord's will and experience the victory Christ has already secured for us. Clearly, the enemy is mobilized and seeking to bring death and destruction everywhere he can. As I've said, what is being played out in our political and government fields this election year is not about politics and government, but about good versus evil. Evil knows no bounds. Evil has infiltrated every mountain of society, government, religion, family, business, education, media, and the arts slash entertainment. And wherever evil exists, God's people are called to overcome it. And in this decade, the decade of the mouth, our words are our best weapons of warfare. I stated evil knows no bounds, but more accurate is to say where there is no Christian influence, evil knows no bounds. It is my firm belief that the increase of wickedness in all places is a result of God's people abdicating their God-given role to not only occupy, but to advance God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Gratefully, God is merciful, and once again, we are being given yet another chance. Listening to other prophets and seeking God myself for his prophetic word, I believe God intended for us to turn the tide in our nation in 2012. But when the time came, God found the church, meaning all professing Christians here in America, still woefully disengaged with the culture, which resulted in our suffering an additional four years of oppression. Apparently, enough of us cried out in repentance and asked God for help, according to 2 Chronicles 7.14, so that in 2016, we were supernaturally provided a way of escape. Do you recall the shockwaves that hit all of us when we learned Donald J. Trump was elected president? 
It was nothing short of God's intervention on behalf of the prayers of his people. The enemy who has been influencing the people who do not have a fear of God rallied in great anger and have been hurling every possible calamity upon us. However, while the enemy has been doing his very best to defeat and destroy us, God has been at work exposing the corruption wherever it exists so it can be dealt with. In September 2019, just before Rosh Hashanah that ushered in the first year of the present decade of 5780, God woke me up early in the mornings to meet with him in prayer. I didn't know that I was actually participating with the Hebrew tradition of preparing myself for the new year. The high, holy days of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are exceedingly special days of preparation. The ten days from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur is known as the Day of Atonement, are set aside as a period of prayer, self-reflection, and repentance. The tradition allows God's people to prepare themselves to enter the new year focused and ready for what God desires. I think at this time, as we approach Rosh Hashanah of 5781, or the year 2021, we need to understand how we can participate with this blessed tradition. Preparing for the Hebrew year helps better position us for much-needed discernment in preparation for our 2020 presidential election. The riots and upheaval we've experienced this year are inspired by the enemy of God and must be brought to an end. Considering the many people who are acting on knowledge they have that is not based on truth and not based on the fear of God, we need earnestly devoted men and women of God to emerge on the scene with knowledge and wisdom of God that is demonstrated by miraculous signs and wonders. We need to see demonstrations of God's power to push back the enemy of God. Are you willing to be counted among God's people in this task? This is the decade of the mouth where what we speak and decree becomes our most potent spiritual weapons. So let's take a few minutes to consider our words. Luke 6.45 explains, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. What we believe determines what we say. What we say determines what we experience both good and bad. Also, from Proverbs 18, 20 to 21, we read, From the fruit of his mouth, a man's belly is filled. With the harvest from his lips, he is satisfied. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. What words do you hear coming out of your mouth? Are you using words that communicate fear, trembling, dread, or anxiety? Or do you hear words of a confident faith conviction? Given the events of this entire year of 5780 and the first nine months of 2020, there have been many things to evoke fear and dread, but let's understand what we focus on feeds what we believe, and what we believe determines what we say. What we say determines what we experience. If you are communicating words of fear and dread, anxiety and worry, then you are unduly focused on the lies and the works of the enemy. The remedy is to be properly focused on the truth of God's word. Proverbs 18 verses 20 to 21 declares that man must accept the consequences of his words, good or evil. It also states life and death are in the power of the tongue, which literally reads, in the hand of the tongue. With this, we need to also consider Matthew 12:36, where Jesus declares, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Then the Proverbs passage states, 
and those who love it, meaning the tongue, will eat its fruit. So it could read, we will experience the consequences or blessings from our own words. What we are to understand is those who use the tongue must abide by the consequences of their own words, whether by kind, pure, and edifying conversations they contribute to health and life to themselves and others, or whether by foul, false, defamatory, and corrupting language they involve themselves and others in mortal sin. In the Septuagint, the implication is the importance of gaining mastery over our tongues. Since our speech conveys our beliefs, to gain control over the tongue is to make certain our beliefs are aligned with truth, the truth of God's word. Kurt Landry explained the present decade of 5780 this way, quote, the paradigm has shifted as we crossed over into 5780. We are entering into a new era. This is a 10-year season of time that the wise will arise and declare, Lord, my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all people a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to touch your people, Israel, end quote. Then Landry asks, did you notice the shift that occurred in the body of Christ over the past 10 years? Landry explains, this past decade was a season of great awakening, end quote. Recall what I shared earlier, the past 10 years was the decade of the eye. Can you look back over your own life and see an awakening? Are you more aware of the realities of our world and the impact of good and evil in ways that you weren't before? I have certainly become aware of a myriad of realities and deeds by people that have been going on for decades that I knew nothing about. The corruption in our country on all the seven mountains of societal influence is very, very real. There truly has been a great awakening to many matters for the whole world. Even our language today emphasizes being awakened. The word woke is popularly used to express the need for awareness of racial and social injustices. The church speaks of the third wave harvest revival as the great awakening of souls. In my weeks of early morning prayer beginning September 2019 that I mentioned just a minute ago, God revealed that 5780 or 2020 would be the year of His justice. In order for justice to be administered, unjust deeds must be revealed. And isn't that exactly what we've been witnessing this entire year? The true agendas of people, the crimes that have been perpetrated, the indictments and arrests that are being made, are all part of God exposing the deep-seated corruption that has been conducted in our land and by people in high positions of leadership. The church is not exempt from God exposing corruption. In Kurt Landry's article titled The Prophetic Meaning of the Hebrew Year 5780 and the Transference of Wealth, he wrote, The Lord says, there will be mobilization and alignment of resources as Jews and Gentiles come together as one new man. People of great influence are being positioned onto the seven mountains as modern-day Josephs and Daniels. This one new man alignment is critical for the transference of wealth. It always has been both biblically and historically, end quote. Then he asks, who are the modern-day Josephs and Daniels? In light of this election year and people improperly claiming Christians shouldn't be involved in politics or government, listen to what Kurt Landry wrote. In the Bible, Joseph was aligned in a governmental position. His main job was to bring wisdom concerning a famine that was to come. 
Daniel was in a position of being a politician. His job was to bring righteousness and alignment into the infrastructure of the government's agencies in order to keep them blessed by God. Landry states, you're going to see these Josephs and Daniels position themselves and manifest in the natural, end quote. We've been exploring the fear of the Lord and how this fear is the beginning of wisdom. Would you agree now more than any other time in your life we need God-fearing righteous men and women in government and politics? Landry believes, as I do, based on the trusted words of many prophets, these days leading to the upcoming presidential election will continue to expose corruption as God wants to separate his sheep from the goats. And with this next election, we'll see a shift take place toward righteousness with kings and priests replacing those who have operated unjustly. Who are the kings and priests? According to Landry, they are those who operate similarly to King David. They operate with massive amounts of wealth, millions and billions of dollars. These people, many unsaved, will be influential on all seven mountains and will be radically reborn. This is what I believe to be the beginning of the third wave, the Great Awakening Revival. Landry writes, these newly saved will need the equipping and training from the fivefold ministry but won't need to be under it. Our role, Landry states, will be to discern what equipping and training they will need and what it will look like and how God wants to create this biblical training for them. Landry writes, the Lord is also saying kings and priests are penetrating the infrastructure of the world systems in order to impact the course of world events. These next 10 years, meaning 5780 through 5790 or through the year 2030, will be years of speaking and shifting, but many people either doubt or don't know that these kings and priests will speak in ways that impact the infrastructure and change the course of world events." End quote. If Landry is right, we need to adjust our expectation because people who will be placed by God to be the world shakers will not look or act in ways we expect, not unlike our current president. The Bible is clear. The saints, or those of us who believe in Jesus, are kings and priests and ambassadors for Christ. This means we are the ones positioned by God to infiltrate and influence the world from the seven mountains of society. As I continue, I want you to prayerfully seek the Lord about your gifting and talents and what mountain or mountains he's calling you to be his ambassador. I recently listened to another video of Lance Wilnow titled, God's Plan for America is Revealed. I'll have the link for you in the show notes. In it, he made a compelling case for the vacuum that will suck in all sorts of evil in our world when God's people fail to take their rightful place. I believe it's vitally important for God's people to deliberately become engaged with what God wants to do on earth. If we want to stop the progression of rampant evil we've experienced this year, then it's up to us to partner with God. Not to partner with God is to partner with Satan by default. We are responsible for the fulfillment of God's will on earth. We have a responsibility as the one new man, Jew and Gentile, to be an example to the world. As we've been considering the fear of the Lord, we've learned it is this reverential awe and willing submission to Him and His ways that position us for His blessings, that position us for His anointing. Righteousness and God's ways are our inheritance, and honor is the currency of heaven.
This is the time to develop a love for God's instructions and to proclaim God's instructions to help enlighten others. And the new kings and priests who are going to be raised up in this next season will have a love for God's instruction. They will become students who ravenously hunger and thirst for the word of God. In closing his article, Landry wrote, quote, The prophetic meaning of the Hebrew year 5780 is all about the mouth. The season we are in is a time to speak and declare to the nations to align with God's instruction to change world events. The Lord says, each called vessel is serving God's purposes by changing the spiritual atmosphere and climate of their host cultures, ultimately transferring wealth and resources toward the fulfillment of God's purposes for his chosen people. It is time to see and say kingdom legacy. It is time to speak as Zion. It is time to see and say the boundaries of your inheritance. Proverbs 13.22 states, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. And Deuteronomy 1.6 reads, The Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough at this mountain. It is time to move. Don't miss this time of your visitation, end quote. I will have the link to Landry's post so you can read it in its entirety. You'll find it in the show notes. As we move into the new Hebrew year of 5781 or 2021 for us, let's make sure we have properly attended to all the lessons and instruction God has given us. Let us finalize our preparations given to us in this year to be ready to move into the next. Now, more than ever, we need to be in the center of God's will to be assured we will experience His grace for success and anointing for the demonstration of His power and authority. The year 5780 or 2020 has been a year where God has ordered intense realignment. This has been a year that feels like setbacks, but I believe it's actually a setup, a setup for all the good that is yet to come. However, it will only come to those who belong to God who have rightly positioned themselves through obedience with God. God calls us to set ourselves apart from the world. We are to be in the world, but not of it. I think it's highly important for us to make certain we have a pure heart and clean hands, especially with the knowledge that with this decade beginning 5780, God intends to administer justice. Now, what should we expect for the second year of the current decade? Well, I believe we'll see an extension of what was established this year, an advancement of what God has already started. Using rabbinical hermeneutics, which seeks to interpret hidden clues or hints of future events using numbers, we can see that 5781 provides us some clues. From the meaning of each number, individually, we learn that 5 is the number of grace, 7 is the number of spiritual completion, 8 is the number of superabounding, and 1 is the number of God. So I interpret this to mean we can have grace to complete God's will with abundant provision as we remain wholly submitted to Him. As Perry Stone put it, the number 80 is represented by the mouth. For this whole decade, we must be aware of the power of our words. Hopefully, this year we have learned the importance of adjusting what we believe so we can speak in alignment with God's instructions and His intentions. This new year of 5781, then, could be interpreted as the year where we begin to speak with power, the power of God's Word, 
the number one representing God. This year, more than the past, it will be important for us to find every promise of God and speak them out. Our spiritual warfare this year will be won by our word fair. That's very important. Our spiritual warfare this year will be won by the words we speak. And clearly, not only this year, but in the entire decade of the 80s, which emphasizes our mouth, or more specifically, our words. Jesus spoke in parables so only those who are discerning and seeking truth could grasp his meaning. Perry Stone uses a system he calls parabolic symbolism. According to Perry, the symbols for each of the numbers in the upcoming year include the eye, a plow or a weapon, a fence, and an ox. He believes in this new year it will be more important than ever that we watch, referencing the eye, and remain alert, interceding in prayer. The plow, as mentioned in Luke 9.62, indicates the importance of not turning back but to intentionally keep our hands to the plow moving forward. As a weapon, the importance is to be fully dressed in the whole armor of God this entire year, in fact, this entire decade. A fence represents separation, as in the separation of the wheat from the tares or the sheep nations from the goat nations. And then we must put on our guardrails and separate ourselves from people who are not of the right influence. Remember, God calls us to be holy, which is to be separate from the world. The ox is a beast of burden, symbolizing the importance of our being willing to carry or endure the burdens this year which I take to mean the burden of upholding the gospel of Jesus, proclaiming the good news, and taking our stand for righteousness and Jesus in the midst of opposition. We must be engaged in the kingdom battle and intentionally seek to fulfill the Great Commission with all the authority and power of Christ who is with us even to the end of the age. I believe, as Perry pointed out, this year will be a year where those who are truly sold out to God will stand out as the remnant. As we read in the story of Gideon, his army was whittled down to a mere 300 men, but they were mighty men of God who succeeded in battle because they were entirely sold out to God. This is the spirit and resolve we are going to need moving forward. Remember, what we speak is indicative of what we believe. The Bible is clear, God's people are not victims, neither are we to live in fear except the fear of God. If you are fearful in any way, you need to deal with the fear by becoming convinced of the promises of God, beginning with who you are in Christ, and positioning yourself to receive all the benefits of God's promises. Then we must intentionally speak forth the promises of God to see them manifest in our life for us and the benefit of others and all to the glory of God. We overcome evil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Let's do all we can to cooperate with God that our words bring only life and our actions display only love. I believe 5781, which starts at sundown, September 17, 2020, is going to be a year where those of us who are earnestly pressing in to know God's heart and to be his ambassadors on earth We'll be utterly amazed at the many manifestations of God, including miraculous signs and wonders. Remember, while God can zap anything into existence anytime he wants, most often he works through his obedient children. If you want and need God to work miraculously in your life, then it's imperative you position yourself accordingly. 
This election is the most important in our lifetime. It is not an overstatement that what we do in this election will impact the whole world. I believe God has a covenant with America, and this current year, God has been waking us all up to the truth of reality, the extent of sin, wickedness, and corruption, which demands the response of God's people. As the church at large, we have been given a second chance to wake up out of our complacency and self-serving lifestyles to partner with God to save our nation and bring hope to the world. Let us learn what we need to know how to have a confident faith, an unwavering faith that moves mountains in the midst of adversity to display the glory of God. Again, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Our testimony is completely in our control. Our testimony is our reputation of how we respond to adversity, how we rely on God, and how we demonstrate our faith in God even in the face of death. We need to give this some serious thought. What we believe is evident by what we say. What we speak directs our life experiences. The tongue has the power of life and death. I believe God has been calling us to choose this day whom we will serve. Those of us who choose life are transported into the citizenry of heaven with access to all the power and authority of Christ who has already overcome the enemy. Our job is to partner with Christ, to realize his victory in our life by faith. Our faith, what we believe and trust in, must be pure and undefiled to best experience the promises of God in our lives. Our obedience to his instructions also determines the extent of his power that will flow through us for our benefit and the benefit of others. I ask you to consider your words for the next few days. Listen carefully to what you say. Then when you speak in terms of fear, anxiety, dread, or worry, examine the thoughts and the beliefs behind your words. Find scripture passages that counter the thought and meditate on them. We are to be renewed by the transformation of our minds. Listen, when we come to faith in Jesus, the Lord transforms our spirit. But we must work with the Holy Spirit to transform our minds, taking every thought captive to the knowledge and the obedience of Christ. Then we can speak forth life-giving words and see the dunamis power of Christ flow through us. Then after you've paid attention to your words, let me know your experiences. I'd love to hear from you and learn how God is using this podcast. To help influence you concerning your words, I want you to have the prophetic word Russ Walden published recently. He called it, Laying Hold of the Goodness of God in the Land of the Living. As I read it, I sensed it was actually a guide of encouragement and hope for all of us as we enter this second year of the Decade of the Mouth, or the Decade of our Decrees, Declarations, and Proclamations. Here is just a small portion of what God says to you. This is your coming up and coming out time. This is the day. This is the moment of vision coming to birth to change every parameter by which you measure my goodness and my power manifest in your life in a moment of time. The environment around you is now utterly transformed into an as-in-heaven-so-on-earth manifestation of dominion and favor and blessing beyond any metric you have operated in before. Enter into your now season, God says. You've asked, what time is it, God? And I tell you, it is now o'clock. Lay hold of your heritage and your blessing now. Lay hold of the goodness of your God in the land of the living, for this is your portion. Expect a bounty to be poured out upon you beyond any metric you have operated in from times past. 
I am working and I am moving to bring the yes and the amen of my positive promise to pass in your life. Lay this word up in your heart in full expectations and full assurance of faith, for it will come to pass and indeed will not lie. I am working, says the Father, to will and to do my good pleasure, and you are the one I am working with to bring about these things. End quote. What you've just heard is only part of Russ's word from the Lord. Use the link in my show notes to access the full word of the Lord and learn more about Russ and his wife Kitty's ministry. Next week, we'll spend more time on the topic of the fear of God with part four, where we'll explore the impact of living with the belief that Christ could return at any moment. Between now and then, please reach out to me. I really want to hear from you. Let me know if this program is a blessing to you or if there's a particular topic you'd like to have me cover. Feel free to contact me knowing I'm asking you to. My contact detail is in the show notes. This program, Faith to Live By, is a division of Pamela Christian Ministries, a ministry offering many different goods and services. I invite you to visit my main website, PamelaChristianMinistries.com, to learn more. I ask you to support my ministry work by availing of the sponsors listed with the show notes or purchasing any of the books highlighted. I never ask you to give to me directly. Instead, I want you to support other Christian businesses and give you an opportunity to enjoy what they offer, knowing it also provides some financial support for me. Please use the links that I provide, and in that way, you'll be supporting my ministry. By the way, I list all my show notes and bonus items on my website, faithtoliveby.com. On that landing page, there's a link and more information about my sponsors and partners. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel, and it helps people learn how to better apply their Christian faith. Be sure to follow me on Facebook at Faith to Live By TV, on Twitter at PL Christian, and on LinkedIn at Pamela Christian. If you'd like to be one of my insiders, subscribe to my complimentary bi-monthly e-newsletter. I offer you your choice of a free gift in appreciation for your subscription. And lastly, visit my page for this show again at faithtoliveby.com. You can enjoy all of the podcasts that we've produced so far from that page. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember, Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.